Tori Cotter. And my name is Leora Kirshner. Today, we will be exploring August 9, 2016, the Colton Bushy case. Colton Bushy's death has been called Canada's Rodney King moment. On the day that he was shot, little was known about what had happened, but more detail was provided as the case progressed. Today, we'll revisit the day that Colton Bushy was killed to gain a better understanding of the events of that Tuesday night. We will go through the events that happened before, during, and after the shooting. We will also visit what happened in the courtroom just over a week later. Tori, can you explain to us who Colton Bushy was? Colton Bushy was a 22-year-old Cree man from the Red Pheasant Nation Reserve, about an hour and a half drive from Saskatoon, and roughly 600 people lived there in 2016. The Red Pheasant Nation is mostly known for being a Cree nation. Colton Bushy enjoyed cooking and baking, and his friends and family said that he was an easy person to talk to. Colton Bushy was even training to be a volunteer firefighter. Now, let's talk about Colton's family. His mother is Debbie Baptiste, his father is Pete Bushy, his two brothers are William and Jace Bushy, his sister's name is Satin Ferguson. Now, Leora, who is Gerald Stanley? I understand that not much was mentioned about him and who he was. What have you found out about him? It was hard to find specific details about Gerald Stanley and his family. What we do know is that he was 56 at the time. He owns a farm in Glenside, Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, off a road that is a shortcut to the Red Pheasant Nation Reserve. Gerald's family has lived on the farm for over 30 years. He has a wife named Lisa, whose age we do not know, and a son named Sheldon, who is 28 years old. Now, August 9th was a very difficult day for anyone involved with Colton Bushy or even Gerald Stanley. Of course it definitely must have been. Now, let's review the events of Tuesday, August 9th, 2016. We know that Colton Bushy and his four friends went swimming. The four friends in the Ford Escape with Colton Bushy were Colton's cousin, 23-year-old Eric Muchance, Eric's girlfriend, 24-year-old Belinda Jackson, 18-year-old Cassidy Cross Whitstone, and Colton's girlfriend, Kira Whitney, and we do not know her age. We do know that there had been some drinking during the day, and on their way home, they passed through Glenside Fields, which is near Stanley's farm. They ended up stopping at the farm looking for help with a flat tire and a dragging muffler. What were Stanley and his family doing that day? Gerald Stanley and his son Sheldon were putting up a fence around the farm while Stanley's wife was mowing the lawn. They could hear a noisy car driving down the road. As I mentioned earlier, their car's muffler had been dragging underneath the car, causing all the loud noise that Gerald and his son noticed. Eric Meechance, Colton's cousin, climbed onto one of Stanley's farm's ATVs, tried to start it, and Stanley's son Sheldon says he yelled at him to get off. Colton and his friends crashed into one of Stanley's vehicles on his property. There was supposedly a verbal exchange between Bushy and Stanley before Colton was shot. He had been shot twice in the back of his head, behind his left ear with only bullet hole. He was shot twice in the same spot. Stanley called the police around 5.30 p.m. and waited inside his house for the RCMP to arrive. He waited at his dining room table drinking coffee. Once the RCMP got to the farm, Gerald, his son, and wife were taken into custody. The RCMP said Stanley had several firearms and found Colton's DNA on the gun that he was shot with. Later that night, Gerald Stanley's wife and son were released from custody while Gerald himself was not. It took two days to photograph the crime scene. Let me fill in some blanks from the crime scene. The RCMP had found Colton on the ground dead near disabled Ford Escape. A .22 caliber rifle belonging to Cassidy Cross Whitstone was found near Bushy's body. It was bent out of shape and contained five bullets in the magazine and one in the chamber. 
Neighbors had said they heard an air ambulance, which would have taken Colton Abushi away. Colton Bushi's family was at home relaxing, watching TV. His mother even kept his food warm in the microwave, expecting him home for dinner, not knowing what would happen later that night when the ICMP would knock on their door. Here's a little bit more information about specific dates in the Colton Bushi case. On August 10, 2016, Gerald Stanley was charged with second-degree murder, which is a deliberate killing that occurs without planning, which would mean Gerald killed Colton on purpose, but did not plan it beforehand. Gerald Stanley's bail hearing was held in North Battleford on August 18th, just nine days after the shooting, and 100 people were gathered. He pled not guilty and requested for bail. On August 19th, 2016, he was granted on a bail with conditions to pay a fine of $10,000, to stay within 6.4 kilometers of his home, and to have no contact with Bushi's family or any of the witnesses. On August 2nd, 2017, almost a year after the shooting, a trial date was set for seven months later, January 29th of 2018. The courtroom seats were filled with Colton Bushy's friends and family during the hearing and the trial. Gerald Stanley testified that he kicked the taillight of Colton's car because he thought it was headed for his son. Sheldon admitted smashing the front windshield of the car with a hammer. Cassidy Cross Whitstone mentioned that the hammer hitting the windshield scared him. He testified in court saying that the cracked windshield made it hard for him to drive. There was a parked vehicle we hit, Eric Meechance testified, referring to one of the Stanley's vehicles. One of Colton's friends had heard Gerald Stanley tell his son to go get a gun. Gerald Stanley then, then retrieved a gun from his shop on the farm. Gerald said that after the young adults parked near the farmhouse, he went to his shop and grabbed his Toprev gun, a gun normally used to scare off wild animals. Gerald loaded his pistol with what he thought were two rounds. Sheldon testified that he saw his father standing by the window of the young adult's car with a semi-automatic pistol in hand. As he was reaching into the vehicle to turn the ignition off, the Tokarev accidentally fired. Belinda Jackson saw Gerald shoot Bushi twice in the head. Colton Bushi's autopsy revealed that he was shot twice but only had one bullet hole. As I mentioned earlier, he was shot twice in the same spot. I understand there were four other young adults in the car that day. How many of them testified? Well, only three of the friends in the car testified, whereas Colton Bushi's girlfriend did not testify. What was the aftermath of the trial? Well, once the trial was over, Bushi's family had sued the RCMP for mistreatment. When an officer came to announce Colton's death, he shook Mrs. Bushi and told her to get it together, then proceeded to smell her breath and ask if she'd been drinking. They, they then searched her house. An RCMP internal investigation cleared them of wrongdoing. Colton's family sued Gerald and the RCMP for damages greater than $1.5 million once the case had closed. On February 9th, 2018, the jury found Gerald Stanley not guilty of second-degree murder. Across the country, a movement was called Justice for Colton began nine days after his death, the day of Gerald's bail hearing. 
About 50 people gathered outside Saskatoon's provincial courthouse to rally in support of Colton. Many hateful and racist comments were posted on Facebook against the Indigenous community. Saskatchewan has been known for having a history of racism against Indigenous people, and although Gerald's lawyer Scott Spencer denied the Colton shooting had to do with race, racist statements were posted on Facebook, and there were many protests. Here's a quote directly from Gerald Stanley's lawyer. Despite any online comments or media stories, Jerry's trial is not a referendum on racism. He also said that racial tensions have existed in his province well before the shooting. A statement made by the Saskatchewan Ministry of Justice states, quote, We understand some people were disappointed in the verdict. However, there is no indication that the jury's decision was guided by anything other than the trial's evidence and the judge's instructions. Now, the real question to ask, why is it important to listen to Indigenous voices? Many Indigenous individuals and groups have faced so much racism and discrimination. If we all try to listen to their stories and educate ourselves, we can try to make Indigenous people feel more accepted and let them know that no one deserves to be treated that way. Speakers at the rallies were not only showing support for Colton Bushy, they were also bringing up other issues they've seen in Canada's justice system. Some of these issues are the disproportionate amount of missing and murdered Indigenous women, the existence of residential schools, and the overrepresentation of Indigenous people in prisons. This has been ongoing for years, and not much has been done to change that. For example, residential schools were around for a very long time, and the last one only closed in 1996. It even happened to be in Saskatchewan. And this just goes to show how racism and discrimination towards Indigenous people are still visible and it needs to change. Many Indigenous people have voices begging to be heard but have felt silenced in the past and have not been able to express themselves as a community. Canada, as a country, needs to fight. And if we all stick together, we can accomplish anything. Spreading kindness and love does not take much effort. And if everybody does it, we can make the world a better place. Many were disappointed with the way the case came to an end. It was not solved the way the country would have hoped. This case can still help many people learn and grow to better understand the Indigenous community in Canada from now into the future. Thank you for tuning in to Exploring August 9th, 2016, the Colton Bushy case.